spirituality, consciousness, health, and mindset. Welcome to the Ascend Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Chris Hopper. And I'm Dan Harrison. Together, we are all wisdom and knowledge. Hey, what is up everyone? This week on the Ascend podcast, we are joined by Jane Ford Farrand. She is a singer, a teacher of music, and has been using the power of sound for many years and using it as a powerful tool for meditation, healing, and inner work. And her main interests are exploring sound through mantra chanting and also using drums, gongs, and singing bowls. And this podcast was also actually done on a, on a complete whim. And what I mean by that, I was I was actually doing some research for for a local sound meditation class to, for myself to get involved in. And I, at this at the time when I was looking, I happened to stumble across as Jane's work. And as soon as I came across her, I knew straight away this would be a very interesting person to have a conversation with. And Jane actually also only lives thirty minutes away from me, and Chris, which is really cool. And you have to check out the video. To this one on the youtube channel as we recorded this one in jane's sound studio and i must say this is one of the best rooms that i've ever been in in my life she had several big gongs and at least 400 singing bowls and hundreds of other cool sound gadgets she was like the music version of inspector gadget trust us you'll have to check out the video it was such a great space to have a conversation and also just before we jump to this one if you want to support the podcast you can do that for our patreon page in patreon is a great way for you to crowdfund this podcast and just give me and Chris a little bit more support and help us keep this ship afloat. And thanks so much for all the current patrons too. You really are incredible human beings. So anyway, let's jump with this conversation. Jane Ford Farron, enjoy. So I'll just because yeah. we'll I'll, I'll we'll start there if you want we'll just yeah. jump in now if you want, yeah. mm-hmm. but um obviously that video that I sent you of the human audio spectrum, mm. um I'll first of all because me and Chris first heard that um was that maybe four or five weeks ago we heard it, mm. and then we shared it in our Facebook page and there was so many people who were resonating with it and trying to figure out what it actually means. I mean maybe maybe it doesn't mean anything, but. I wanted to bring it to you to see what you thought because there was a lot of people who were interested and they were asking questions that we couldn't really answer. Yeah. We were trying to answer them, but we just we couldn't really answer them fully. Well, there's, lots, there, there's lots in there, isn't it? I mean, obviously, um, I know um, the range of the human hearing and below 20 hertz, we can't hear anything and above 20,000 hertz, we can't hear yeah. anything. But that doesn't mean to say that there isn't something occurring outside yeah. of those parameters. Um, the point is, a really, really high frequency is not healthy for us. So, um, you know, why would you want to listen to something over a certain level? It's just a case, which is why I switched off when it got to a certain point, because I know that's not healthy for me. Um, It was very interesting to to be aware that it had started, but it was below 20 hertz. Um, because of course this is the, the key feature of sound therapy it's not so much contingent upon the audible sound it's the vibration oh wow and the vibration below 20 hertz is not audible but it's still a vibration which is going to impact on the body yeah I was just going to say myself I was going to say um, did, would a test like that show any significant insight into our own health and abilities I don't think so yeah but, no uh, to be perfectly honest I think it was um all it demonstrates is the threshold of where our hearing begins in terms of hertz and and where it ends. But I can't see any merit in subjecting yourself to really, really high yeah. frequencies because they're unpleasant. Mm. There was actually and a lot of people, sorry to jump in, there was a lot of people who actually said that as well, that they had to turn it off because when it got yeah. to a certain point, it was actually, like, it yeah. felt painful for them. Yeah, well, it is, and it's not good for us. And our bodies 
our bodies know what's good for us and what is not good for us yeah. mm-hmm. and we will resist something that we intuitively feel is not good for us so a frequency that is so high and so penetrative and so piercing the body will will want to get away from that mm. yeah. what's interesting to me is how um with that human audio spectrum as well is i know you said it has no significant difference but what i noticed which i thought was very fascinating about it is i actually did it with my dad at the time and he he couldn't it was a certain point long before i did that he couldn't hear it that faded out with his yeah with his ears and then we yeah. tried it with many other people as well i think we tried it with you and obviously you're a little bit older than me and it was like sort of a little bit after me you could hear so yeah. it, was, it seemed to be that like frequencies dep- are also dependent on how old you are oh for sure i mean the hearing human hearing deteriorates yeah. of course it does um and uh, that's just a fact, isn't it? Mm. So, I, you know, I, I just think there are probably kinder ways of determining how good your yeah, hearing yeah, yeah. is. <laughs> As opposed to subjecting yourself to really, really high frequencies because they're, they're you know, they're potentially, um, you know, not good for us. Yeah. So. I mean, we're in a um, beautiful place as well here and you have all these, um, the proper name for these is gongs, isn't it? These are gongs, yeah. Yeah, yeah the beautiful, oh, by wow. the way, as well. I mean... You've got lots of different. I know you've got Himalayan balls over there as well, which are beautiful, and I've had, I've had a bit of an interaction with them before as well. And the power of them is when you do do them properly is incredible. But out of all the the sort of musical, would you call these musical instruments, or would you call them something else? Well, they are musical instruments, of course, um, but there's a distinction, isn't there, between yeah. music and sound? Yeah. And when I'm using these, I'm not using them in a musical context. That is to say, I'm not using them in a performance context. Mm. My work as a sound therapist is healing work. It is not performance work. And that's a very important distinction to make because I am also a performer. I'm a singer and a singing teacher, and that's part of the work that I do. But I'm very clear when I'm playing the gongs, that is not for a performance. Yeah, I like that. So what would would be your sort of favourite, sort of, what's the right word to use? Your favourite... method of method of, of harnessing sound that's the right way to put it uh, harnessing sound <laughs> oh, uh, what's, what's well, the best what's the best thing with the gongs yeah well um i'd love to give you a demonstration there's a technique called playing into the fire oh. which maybe if we've got time i yeah. can demonstrate in a little while this is where the gongs start very quietly you certainly don't stand there and bang it you know yeah. like you would you see at the start of <laughs> the rack films. it's not like that you play them very very gently with a pair of mallets mm-hmm. and um you just take it up gradually 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 and then you take the level right up to a massive crescendo um louder than i think you would appreciate it would go oh, very wow. loud indeed and then you let go and that's what we call playing into the fire and when you play into the fire on the gong um, particularly if you haven't um um, volunteered that information to your client or your group beforehand we can get the most immense shifts in energy uh-huh. because the body um, it, it literally doesn't know what's hit it it is such a massive sound wave and the gongs the playing into the fire with the gongs they have the effect of unearthing anything that is that is lurking there um, if there's something there the gong will find it oh, wow. certainly when you're playing into the fire and there's a, a wonderful sound healer um a Frenchman called Daniel Perret, and he said, um, the sound of the gongs transport you to the deepest, darkest recesses of your soul. Yeah. And oh. I think that's probably true. That's yeah, so fascinating. Do you oh, find right. that what, that's what music does to you? Do you think it's sort of... Because for me, I mean, when I was... A lot lately, I've been getting a lot of more sort of a lot of more sort of alternative music let's say in the past I used to listen to music that was more like boom 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 all the time probably because that was my cultural sort of what I was exposed to but now it's more sort of it feels it's more music that sort of takes you into the transcendence within your mind sort of see it Um, I mean do you find that with with a lot of when you are sort of um, working with sound do you think it takes you in sort of deeper levels within who you are oh definitely and there's, there's so much there in what you've just said chris because um firstly Dan. sound dan because I, my attention was diverted no it's because um it's more than just a mental response or an emotional response or a physical response or a spiritual response. It can be all of them. Mm. Now, music tends to affect us on an emotional level. The boom, boom, boom <laughs> is clearly a physical thing as well. Yeah. And that is something that comes with um, the youth culture. I think it's actually very important because that boom, boom, boom is a tribal sound. And it's very, very important That's that really... young people have some connection with their pack. 
this oh, wow. is part and parcel of being an adolescent that you you if you think back to when you were adolescents you know you've got to be in you're in a particular group aren't you and it's mm. really important that you feel you belong to that group so that deep pounding sound it's uh, very very useful and appropriate for young people because it helps them identify with their their peers and their group it it identifies also with the root chakra if you understand what I mean about the chakras. So that's really important. Now, when I'm working with sound, um, it, it's more than an emotional response. And uh, my experience is actually that the... Because people always say to me, well, how does sound work? They always want to know how it actually works. Mm. And I would say, in my experience, it is actually the mental level oh, wow. that gets most affected by the sound in that we enter into what we call an altered state of consciousness yeah. with sound. And in that altered state of consciousness, changes happen. Oh, wow. Yeah. Would you say that's because, I mean, let it go a bit deeper as well, and I love that, by the way, as well. And I, I really, I really opened my eyes there about this fact of the tribal essence. I've never, mm. ever thought yeah, of myself yeah, like that. Like, I'm actually, same. I was actually viewing people in a nightclub as well, all sort of just stomping the feet, and that whole tribal essence is, is actually what they probably are tapping into. It's interesting that they use that um, type of music as well as like a mating ritual as well. So, yeah. like, to see the bodies yeah, move and stuff like that. Sure. So, it's very. It's very yeah. um, beautifully struck that music. To, it, it's not personally my taste, like um, in the clubs and stuff like that. When you're hearing the, but the beat is continuous. It's always at, like at a set rhythm, and this rhythm always brings out some, some sort of like, um, primal, ferocious mm. side, primal instinct. It is prim- primal's a good word. It's primal. It's tribal. It's earthy. And um, that's an important stage of life that shouldn't be ignored. It's no accident that most people, as they get older, their musical tastes change. You'll have noticed this with people, you know, probably in your own families. Mm-hmm. And my, my feeling is that we tend to drift to more spacious sounds, less cluttered sounds, quieter sounds as we get older, as we go through life. It's interesting that. That, Do you think that's us separating ourselves from the tribe and starting to um, prepare ourselves for our own adventure beyond the I do tribe? think that. It's evolving, isn't it? Mm. It's evolving from that pack identity to finding out who you are. Who am I? Do I need the pack? Actually, I can stand in my own strength. Mm. I maybe don't need to to be associated with the pack pack, or identified with the pack. You don't leave it altogether, but you look for a different way of being who you are in the world Mm. as an individual, Mm. as a worthy individual. I think that's important. And I think that is reflected in our musical tastes. I I was going to say, I think sound is really like a fascinating in-depth topic as well. And it's so, it's incredible how it can actually start to put the body in a beautiful like it's not natural rhythm but can it also bring in like a power of dis- like um, pain and destruction as well sound um, is it something yes. to be feared as well well um, that, this is really an interesting question isn't it because everybody will respond differently to a sound experience um, the sound isn't always relaxing I mean on the whole it tends to be most people will say they find they find sound therapy relaxing but it's meant to be more than that yeah. it's not just relaxing it's um, it's about shifting it's about changing it's about balancing the thing about sound and this is a fundamental thing that perhaps we need to, to say everything is vibration isn't it mm. we're vibrating yeah. the room is vibrating everything has a molecular structure and molecules vibrate um, now, when um, we hear a sound, if we are resonating with that sound, if there is a resonance between the sound and the receiving object, then we, we say that we like that experience. That is a harmonious experience. The same happens between people. Mm. You, you know instantly if you meet someone, you resonate with them. We say that, yeah. don't we? Yeah, we, yeah. Feel, we feel good vibes. Yeah, definitely. If, on the other hand, the sound is not resonating with you, your body will seek to resist it. If you cannot resist it because maybe you're in a room and you can't get away or for whatever reason, you may, and this happens a lot, you may uh, feel fearful. Mm -hmm. You may feel physically unwell. You might have a headache, you might feel nauseous. These are all signs of the sound attempting to resonate with you and your body resisting. Wow, so the sound actually comes, uh, resonates on your frequency. You don't, uh, not the other way around. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, It's, uh, how can I put this? Yes, any frequency will attempt to make resonance with with other frequencies. Um, Sometimes they're successful and sometimes they are not. We can have a sympathetic resonance where we just 
maybe all get along fine, we just do. Or we can have a forced resonance where either people or, or a sound and a person, uh, they are subjected to that frequency until such time as they submit. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what we call entrainment. I don't know oh, if you've wow. come across entrainment before. This yeah, is where, word, yeah. where one a dominant force forces the other um, in, into, into sync with it. I've got. I've got to try and formulate this because I've got three points that I've went when you said before. <laughs> but the first one is I'll try and remember is, is what you were just having the conversation there. You were talking about how, um, see, if you when you you said before you walk in a certain room and you get a feeling from someone, you feel that vibration from someone, ever what you want to call it. Like there's many different terms for it. But I mean, to go a bit deeper, what do you think that is? I mean, because I've had encounters before where you said I walk into a room and um, I'll get a vibe off a certain person. I mean, do you think because like you said before, we're all fundamentally like i mean even tesla said that to the core of human beings we are just a vi- like a vibration or a frequency do you think that's why because we're all just our own little sort of antennas of maybe consciousness and that's going deep and out there but maybe we are just these up different beings of frequency and that's and really we think we're sitting here now and mm-hmm. um you're Jane, I'm Dan, you're Chris. Thanks but for reminding yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> but deep down, that's not really us. Like, like I'm looking at Chris's body, I'm looking at your body, my body. This is not me. Maybe our deep core of who we are is a is just maybe a, just a frequency. And well, that's why we get a sense of that when we and we feel, we get, oh, have wow. that feeling. I think that's true, but we are all our own unique frequency. Yeah, yeah. So you are your frequency, you are your frequency, and I'm my frequency. Now, it may be that we're all vibrating at a, same, a similar frequency. Yeah. But that's, um, you know, people have their own frequency. Mm. And sometimes you can sense that someone's very operating at a very low frequency. Yeah. And that could be because they're physically unwell or they're depressed or whatever it might be. The frequency drops. We talk about being down, don't we, yeah. when we're depressed. That's no accident. It means that your frequency, your vibrational level has dropped. When we're really high, yeah. we're high. Yeah. <laughs> it makes you feel better as well when you actually do that though yeah. as well. So, so, the, so, the, so the, in answer to your question, yes, we are, uh, we are a bunch of vibrating molecules. That's what we yeah. are. But we have our own unique signature. And sometimes that is very similar to somebody else's. It's, and then we'll get a resonance. Two big points. This is one one point before as well, when you were saying there how we have our own frequency. And this is the, we haven't really touched much on this in the podcast in terms of love and things like that. But that could that be why certain um, people are attracted to other people and I'll give you a quick example of my friend our friend James will love this but we used to always go out on night outs and things like that in the past and he we've had this conversation before so I'm not by me saying this I am not um, putting him down for his visual looks because he is a good he's a good looking lad boy um, but there's still there's still quote unquote better looking people than him that people, people would class as better looking but for some reason when we interact with females or wherever it is um, there's some sort of vibe or frequency that he has given off that we've always explained this and even our friends who are very sceptical and wouldn't be engaging in these deep topics they still understand that he's operating on some they even say this that he's operating on some sort of frequency that is like a magnetic pull yeah. to, to other to other like for, for, for females females yeah. oh wow mm-hmm. so do you think that could be oh, possible oh definitely well if you think about it um, molecules have um, I don't even know why I went there but <laughs> that's all <I> mean. <laughs> you know, we, we, we have we have protons and electrons don't we mm. Now, the electrons, um, I've got to get this the right way around. The electrons, I think, give out electric um, energy, but the protons have magnetic energy and they they attract in. So, yeah, so if you are, um, you know, if you're vibrating at a very high level and and your particles are bouncing around at a very high level, you will give out a magnetic impulse, which it literally is magnetic. And we talk about magnetic charisma, don't we? Mm. People, some people have it and some people yeah. don't. There's also something else in what you've said and that, um, you know, we have our human layers, don't we? Yeah. Um, <laughs> our, our material bodily layers. But my own view is that within our core, our central core, we all have a perfection mm. that is the same to everyone. We're all utterly perfect at our core. Oh, I do wow. believe that. And some people, those people who radiate out goodness and who, and who may be magnetic in the way that your friend James yeah. was, yeah. Um, yeah. maybe they're in touch with that core. 
and that's obvious to other people mm. whereas if you get stuck in your layers of humanity which can be you know fear and anger and bitterness and all of those other emotions that are, are negatively charged you're not in touch with that perfect core um, so, so I've gone off with a bit of a tangent. Oh, no, 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 I think I think that's <laughs> that's kind of relevant. And so Hello. my view is it may be that he's just really aware um, of this, and that that is such he's definitely a powerful, aware of it. <laughs> yeah, that is a powerful attraction. I, th- oh. I do think that he'll love yeah. that. By the way, be, when he watches this, he'd be laughing his head off. <laughs> yeah, I've well, got a point to say, but one one more thing I want to say before I really go forget forget to go back. You said it a long time ago, and when we had the conversation before about the primal aspect, mm. how you said maybe it's a transition of like the when you were saying before the music of going dum 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 dum. That's more of like sort of a that was like the early stages of of who you are, and then when you become more sort of in tune with yourself, let's say that's when it's you start to listen to more you actually you said the word when you become more older you actually start wanting more quieter music yeah but could that also be as well because in my life i've recognized that like a lot lately i said in the past i used to be um i mean i still like that sort of like a chill chill beat music and things like that there's i think there's a time for it and time not for it as well mm. but what i've noticed my transition in my life is that the i've actually transitioned into slow music now over the last period of two years and what i've recognized in myself is that it's Maybe not because I've got older; it's because I'm more um, tapping into to me to me real self. And when I'm um, when I whatever I'm doing is, it just seems to be that the the quieter music seems to give introspection in the in a, even to, even coming to, coming to here today. There was a um, there was a time where I was had classical music on. And there wouldn't have been a time where I would have laughed at classical music, but for some reason now I'm just resonating with it and I love it. I mean, you, you heard it when I was driving around the corner. Yeah, I had yeah. the classical music on loud. And the remix um, version, though. Yeah, the remix. <laughs> <laughs> but there's something about it just that, I mean, could it be, I'll try and formulate a question. Could it, have you ever questioned, could it be also, you said it, 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 it might be to do with age, but also could it be to do with somebody becoming more in tune with who they truly are, that they want more of a relaxing music yeah definitely and also i mean let's just let's talk about the the um characteristics of music for us for a start because actually they they um awesome, they, sorry. they correlate to you know what i mean by the chakras if i mentioned yeah, yeah. the chakras and i'm also very interested in the elements so if we if we take the the root chakra for example this is this is associated with the the earth element not surprisingly mm-hmm. now musical sounds that stimulate the earth element um, tend to be uh, drums, deep drums, but also as in terms of a musical feature, we're talking about the structure. So a piece of music that's very structured and organized and probably played on drums is very likely going to stimulate the root chakra. So this is a reason wow. why um, we like that music when we're younger, because it keeps us grounded. It's about the earth. When we when we mature and we evolve, if we move up to the water element, which is connected with the sacral chakra, the sounds that will stimulate that area tend to be fluctuating rhythms because this is all about flow. This is all about emotional flexibility. So we, we're moving away from that very, very steady boom, boom, boom um, stuff, which is earthy, and we're moving towards flow, which is water. So more brushed drum sounds, Mm. those kinds of things, and fluctuating rhythms. When we move up to the fire, which is the solar plexus, now this is the seat of the ego, the, the sounds that are likely to stimulate the fire element are rising and falling dynamics. So what we mean by that is music that goes up and comes down again. It can be very quiet and then it gets very loud. This is fanning the flames of the fire. Oh, wow. And when we get to the heart, which is the air element, of course, what stimulates the heart is melody because the heart sings. Oh, wow. So just a melodic line will stimulate the heart and the air and and the air element. So the point is, in in terms of your question, it depends where we are in our lives. It may be that one of these elements needs attention. Mm. So if mm. we are seeking gentler music, and of course I forgot the fifth element. The fifth element, of course, is ether, which is silence. Oh, wow. So that's interesting. So how do we create silent sounds? And this is where the tuning forks come in, which I hope we have the opportunity to have a look at yeah, later. Definitely. Tuning forks are very, very, very delicate sound, completely opposite to the drums, and they will stimulate 
the ether chakra, the ether element, which is the, the crown chakra. And this is about spaciousness and stillness. And this is why I think as we get older, we are seeking that more spacious kind of sound. So it depends where you are right now. Sometimes we need a bit of earth. Yeah. Sometimes we need a bit of heart and air. Yeah, like that. You know? I feel that definitely yeah. in my life. That's good, and so this is what sound does. And so if I'm working with a client, I will determine what it is they're needing and reach for the appropriate tools oh, wow. to, to put that balance right. Yeah. I mean, I know you said before as well, before we started this, I mean, even on a, like on a scientific level, you don't know really what's going on, but have you ever sort of like questioned what is going on in them deeper levels? Because I know now there's a lot of research now seeing as well. I mean, like you said, the, the chakras before, a lot of people can hear the word chakra and think it's woo-woo-wee and stuff like that. But like all you've got to do is you've just got to do your research and look back at ancient cultures and they were always on this case of saying that the body had all these different chakra points and things like that. But I actually had an experience as well where... Um, I was um, listening to a 3D, 3D sound um, entrainment thing and basically what happened was I could actually feel my crown chakra like pulse, pulsating. I remember I told you about that, didn't mm, I? And I yeah. felt like me, it was literally... As I, I've had experience before where I've left my body and things like that, but this was just... It was a sense of... I knew that it was just it was through the sound. The sound actually mm. caused something in my mind. So, have you ever questioned what is actually biologically or is actually going on within the body, the workings of the body when that is happening? When sound is is hitting the hitting our when other frequencies of sound are hitting our frequencies, have you ever questioned what's going oh, on deeper? Well, 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 it happens all the time, doesn't it? Because different parts of your body resonate at different yeah. rates as well. Oh, yeah. So your spleen has its frequency, your heart has its frequency. So the chakras, whether or not you believe they are actually there or not, I think it doesn't really matter too much. They're a very, very useful metaphor apart yeah. from anything else. If we imagine that they're there, if we visualize that they're there, yeah. their significance is huge and it really helps the therapist understand what's going on for that person and different sounds will stimulate different parts of the body mm. or different chakras so for example if you've if you've got somebody who's who's got a very heavy heart maybe they're suffering with grief perhaps they've lost a spouse we'll be looking for something to stimulate the heart mm. So um, this is where the training for the sound therapist comes in so you need to have you know you don't have to be a scientist and when I say I don't understand the science I mean I, I do up to a point but I'm yeah, not yeah, a scientist yeah, yeah. I'm a sound therapist but I will know because of experience which sounds are likely to help in particular conditions so um, you know and also some sounds will stimulate and some will relax so if we've got an um, we've got a part of the body that's that's overactive we would want to relax it generally speaking higher sounds stimulate and lower sounds relax so if we've got somebody who's very worked up, very keyed up, very tense, very stressed, we'd probably want to give them lower sounds yeah. because we're looking for relaxation. That's not rocket science. Yeah. So, so something which I was um, always thinking about, and I told me and Dan talked about this question um, yesterday actually, and immediately when I knew like yeah, um, the power of sound, I immediately wanted to focus on without it because I want to see how our bodies would be. So I want to give you a little scenario. Okay. Right. So imagine you put someone in a room and it's a complete soundless room. An anechoic chamber, actually. Yeah. How would their biological structure change? How would their biological structure change? Have you ever been in an anechoic chamber? I haven't actually, but <laughs> I've, I've read... Um, I did, I did, it's, good, it's good that you said that because you've, I think you've actually maybe thought about this. And that, here's a question from it as well. I mean, and that I've got to that question... Is it possible to not hear any sound? Because like, even in that chamber, is it? Is this? Do we still pick up something? Yeah. What you will hear now. I've never been in one, but um, I'd quite like to go in one. But I imagine. Well, I know what you hear when you're in. The, you hear your heartbeat. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's what you hear. Now, does your biological structure change? I can't. I don't imagine it would change. Mm. But you are very aware of your own uh, pulses, your respiratory rate, yeah. your heart rate. Oh, and sorry. <laughs> and um, I, I don't know what would happen biologically, mm. but what I do know is that you would hear those things because there is a complete absence of sound. That's what it makes me think. I mean, um, it made me think um, with the power of sound as a healing mechanism. I was wondering without it, could it actually be like a detriment to the body? Or oh, but you also mentioned it before that. Um, um, which chakra is this? Sorry again. This is the brow. The crown, bra crown. The crown, crown is above the. Yeah. Um, well, it searches for um, silence in a sense. Yes. It's, yes. So I was thinking as well, maybe in that moment where in a soundless room, yeah, that would actually 
ignite the silence and it would ignite a bit more healing so it could work the opposite way as well possibly i think i i only know one person that's actually been in an anechoic chamber and he didn't like it at all he found it a very yeah, frightening I've experience heard, i've heard so many people like yeah. last very long i mean um they asked a lot of um journalists before they did, did this um it was i can't remember it was one of the newspapers a big newspaper and they said they asked all these journalists to try this room because all these journalists wanted more peace and quiet to actually get on with writing yeah so they went all right we'll go in and the, the individually so they all started typing away and all of a sudden they really couldn't handle it mm. they couldn't handle mm. like the whole like compression of sound yeah. like the isolation do you think it, the only the longest one actually lasted was 40 minutes yeah do you and think that's then, because i love sorry, that by the way sorry jim but do you think that's because i'm seeing this to myself as well so i'm recognizing this within myself there's a lot of things i see on this podcast i'm not just seeing like tr- talking to the masses and seeing that this is you this is you this is also from my experience but do you think we've actually what chris was saying there how he said them journalists couldn't sit in a room do you think as a society because this is what i'm thinking including myself that we've actually forgot how to just shut up and sit still Definitely. and just listen to our voice because sure. I've, I've questioned myself that or loads of times. I think mm. the problem is we are surrounded all the time by um, sound, whether we realise it or not. When yeah. we think we're sitting in silence, we're actually not. Oh. And a lot of, and, and it's getting back to what we said at the beginning, a lot of the sound that's going on, we can't hear. Mm. Vibrations that fall below 20 hertz, we can't hear. You can sit in your, your living room the television doesn't have to be on. It is still issuing a vibration. Yeah, definitely you can hear it. You can't hear it if you're tuning in. Um, and and that, is, it's an, it, that affects you negatively. Computers, telephones. Wi-Fi. T- uh, all of these things are impacting on our bodies. You know, if we walked down the road, okay, walk down the street, if we could see all the vibrations, we'd be walking along like this, wouldn't yeah. we? <laughs> we can't see them. Mm. Um, and th- 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 so this is hugely detrimental to our health all of these the whole time and so what we do with sound is we are looking to try and um, as far as possible reverse that by introducing good vibrations good frequencies into somebody's energy matrix I, think, I, I love that because I think it was actually I'm sure I've seen this it was a demonstration a scientific demonstration of Wi-Fi signals versus say like someone had a um, I think it was a Himalayan, Himalayan board mm. and he could I don't know how they did it because I don't know the science of it like I said I'm not a scientist but it was a demonstration of these of scientists who are a lot clever than me were trying to demonstrate the fact of the Himalayan ball combating against the uh, Wi-Fi signals and it was like oh, wow. sort of combating and fighting it and moving it away yeah. from like from your from your body. Was yeah. the was the Himalayan ball a lot more stronger force than the Wi-Fi? It seemed to be. It was. Wow. Mm. But I would like to see it on a on a when five G comes out and <laughs> it's like a sort of a, a battle of the five G here versus the Himalayan balls. Yeah. It's really interesting you should say that because it's um, a bit of plug for my CD. But I've just been recording a CD and when I was playing the singing bowl in the studio. The engineer called me and he said, you've got to come and look at this. And I, and I said, what, what? So I went and looked and he said he'd never seen such a perfect wave on the screen wow. from the, um, the sound, oh, wow. you know, the, the visual look of the sound wave coming off the, the singing bowl. It's, it was a, a beautiful picture. And he said, yeah. I, you know, I didn't think it was possible to create a sound like that that was so precise and so it's, perfect. It's interesting because even have you the scene that you probably have seen at the study of cymatics where mm. they do... Uh, Buddhist monks chant and they have different frequencies in the water on, on the top of the there's I mean there's a great video on YouTube that explains this and it has the water on top of the and like a little like a petri dish bowl and they're playing different sound frequencies and the the like the sort of mandalas and like different sort of um, shapes and frequencies are coming from this I think it's incredible mm. and even if you think about it our bodies are but our bodies 70% water more probably yeah, yeah. so yeah. what is going on on them deeper levels with when you are playing certain types of natural sounds and things like that for sure I always say to people you know when they're having a sound treatment or a sound bath if it's a group um, you may experience a response a physical one or an emotional one or, or a mental one um, you may not but mm. one thing's for sure the sound will be doing something to mm. you it's just that you may not be aware of it yeah. but uh, as you said that the sound you know is not going to go round you and ignore you yeah. it's going to try and, and and permeate your body yeah definitely and depending on the on the frequency sometimes it will and sometimes it won't but nonetheless you can't be not affected by the sound mm. I think yeah. I was just thinking sorry man. That's all right. I, just, yeah, I was just thinking yeah. there is it possible like um like disconnect from the sound like um see like you give it a great insight there like when the sound would just go around you i was like kind of thinking well could somebody actually just like 
maybe like not resonate with the sound or like did push like a disconnect towards oh, it? Oh, for sure. I mean, people will resist it for all sorts of reasons. Um, now, if I'm doing a one-to-one and um, somebody will come to me, perhaps perhaps it's a man. This is not meant to be a stereotypical <laughs> thing at men, but very often I'll, <clears throat> if it's a man, he'll say, oh, well, my wife sent me, but, you know, it won't do any good. And he's made up his mind beforehand that that's it's not he's, going that's to what do any good. That's what he's pretending to say, but really it's he wants to come. <laughs> well, maybe, but usually, but usually they've made up their minds, you know, that it's not going to work. And so that's resistance on, mm. on a massive scale. So... You know, probably it won't do anything because yeah. he's already going to resist the sound. Sometimes, and this is a bizarre thing about healing, people carry all sorts of problems and hang-ups from the past, whatever it might be. And although on the one level they say they want to get better, a big part of them actually doesn't want to get better. There is a, a deep subconscious resistance. People find to, the identity in the problem as well. Absolutely. It becomes their crutch through life. And then if that was taken away, who would they be without exactly. that problem? So that's another form of resistance that we meet a lot. Yeah. Oh, wow. When we were saying before as well about that chamber, what was the proper name of the, the chamber? You said, yeah. You were saying about you could hear the heartbeat. Have you ever, ever tried? I mean, I know you've tried this and I don't know if you recognize this, but um, a float tank. So have you ever heard of a float I've, tank? I've, yeah. I've heard of a sensory deprivation it. tank. So yeah. basically for people, I think a lot of people do know what it is, but just to give a brief description, it's basically sort of a, a place that you go into and you can... There's many different styles of pods, but the pod that we, me and Chris, have went in quite frequently is basically sort of like a big bathtub. And um, you can't do this in your bath, by the way. People have tried it <laughs> and they have nearly died. <laughs> but you can basically, it's like basically a bathtub that's filled with, um, I think it's Epsom salt, mm. and it makes you sort of um, float on top of the water. And it's basically, you have no sensory input or anything. And when you're in that tub, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> and you can basically hear your heartbeat going boom, 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 boom. So that's sort of the similar effect. But I wanted to see if you ever tried that. I've and never it, tried it. Yeah. Quite like to then. Yeah. yeah. And another interesting thing. Another interesting thing I thought to add to that as well as would be the effect of adding sound and a sound element into there as well and mm-hmm. see what the effects would be of that. I know it's, there's a lot of benefits of you just being, like I said, just as a society we, we need to be more silent but as well I would love to just see added on top of that some what, like some mm. sort of sort of sound that you're using to see how mm. that would actually affect that would the human affect. body well, that would be really interesting interesting one of the techniques I use a lot with the drum but also with the gongs is we, we, we do a heartbeat um, I'll just show you yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's right here go ahead go ahead, go ahead. So, can you hear that yeah it's what we call a lub dub and very often I will do that for quite a long time with a group because it settles the group. It's a very organic beat. And if we do it at about 60 BPM, you know, it's about heart rate. Um, so people can, it's not exactly entrainment that I was talking about earlier, but people feel very comfortable with that because it's a sound that is going to um, be in sync with their own heart rate. Oh, wow. Um, it's interesting, that, that aspect of syncing up, because um, yeah. I don't know if you've ever tried, I mean, this, I don't know if this is completely true, but I heard a bit of research that was talking about how even the, when a, a, a new a unborn baby is inside the belly of a, ma- of a mother, before it's been born, their heartbeats are actually in sync and mm. they're, they're pulsating together. I mean, there could be some sort of, like you said, you're, you're, when you're hitting that instrument, there could be some sort of collective thing that's going on where people's, whatever it is, are all singing, people are all singing together in ways it's, that we don't when, understand. Uh, people hug as well, the bodies eventually, um, heart rates turn to sync as well at mm. the same time. We're quite void of that in sight, you know, those well, hugging, just hugging in general. Yeah, touch. Touch has uh, avoided a lot of people now just avoiding the touch. Well, people are very insular, aren't they? Yeah. And they're in, locked in their own spaces. That's why I try, mm. that's why we, we, we probably, we're probably unconscious of this, but I was thinking of it when we first met you today, we give you a hug because mm-hmm. we're trying to do, our, our, we did observe in our thoughts where we talked about that and we said that we need to try and, as a society, are we being untouched? Mm. And I think maybe, maybe we are and that's why mm. people avoid, maybe that's why as well, Sound. What sounds doing? Maybe, maybe sound is bringing back that connection, that that real primal connection of touch. I, even yeah. though sound sound isn't physically touching you, but maybe maybe it is. Mm. <laughs> well, I have to say, when I have a group in here, if I have you know five or six people here for a session, as I did this morning, there is something very unifying about mm. all of those people being in the room at the same time and absorbing the same sounds. Mm. Um, there's definitely um, a cohesion between the group at the end of the session that there wasn't at the beginning. 
Yeah. Could I, For sure. What, could I just quickly ask? Is um, you know, when you hit the um, the drum there. Yeah. Is, and it sounds so in sync. It sounds so like um, sounds like exactly the same. Like everything sounds perfect. Like in the, exactly how it was before. But does that ch- sound like change every time you touch it? Um, or is it always the same sound? Well, I mean, I'm a musician, so I ought to be able to drum a beat. <laughs> I know you're trying, you're trying to see like on a deeper level. Aren't yeah, you? yeah, I'm trying to go really. Uh, it depends. Deep. I mean, you know, um, I'm not a robot. I'm not a machine, so I can't. I can't do it. I was just wondering. It's, it's probably, it's probably like it's, 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 it's probably like saying that is every single is every single wave in the ocean the same? And no, it's not. Mm, well, no, it's not. Yeah. It, it can't be because I'm a human be- human being, and this is a, a, a an animal skin drum. So it, it's not we're not machines um, it's actually quite important when you're working with a drum that you do get a very steady sense of rhythm so people mm. do have to learn that because some people are a little bit rhythmically challenged it has to yeah. be said and if you're yeah. going to work with are you one of them <laughs> yeah. or working with a drum I think it depends on systematic rhythm and this is where we mentioned entrainment earlier one of the easiest ways of doing entrainment is by playing a steady drum beat um, I wouldn't use this drum, I would use my smaller drum, but you would play a beat like this. Oh, wow. It's a good sound, that. Mm. Now, I would do that for at least 20 minutes without stopping. And after a while, the brain... The idea is that we're trying to reduce the brainwave activity from a, a beta down to an alpha but to a theta brainwave state. Have you come across this yeah, before? Yeah, yeah. So I don't fully understand it, but I have. No, that's okay. Well, well, brainwaves operate in various ways. There are four main ways that they operate. There are more than that, but beta, alpha, theta, and delta. And we're talking about cycles per second. In a beta brainwave state, your brainwaves are going around at something like 12 to 16 cycles per second, which is very fast. Yeah. With the drum beat, we're looking to bring, to slow that down to somewhere between four and seven cycles per second. And the way we do it is by playing the drum at about that rate. And eventually your brainwaves, the theory is, your brainwaves will fall into sync with the drum, slow you down, get you into what we call the theta state, which is the meditative state. Um, which is very beneficial for human beings to be in that state. Oh, wow. there's, there's a theory as well that sound can also be the, um, like you said, they had to get in them different, different states and you used the example of like sort of meditators. I mean, let's say if you have like a, a more advanced meditator and obviously you, and I don't really understand the science of this, but that there's theories that they have, like when they've done scientific studies on them, their states of mind are sort of, are in a very good state. I don't know, I can't explain the terms, but they're in a very good state of mind. And um, there's theories that that sound can actually be that, can be a, I wouldn't say a fast track, but maybe it is like a more of a fast track to to get to that state. So you can yeah. so you can play a certain sort of sound frequency, and it's a tool to get you to get other human beings to that frequency. Instead of because like see if you have you have to meditate, it's it's a lot. It takes a. I'm not saying that music isn't a, a lifelong practice. Like everything's a lifelong practice, but there's there is tools like I would say consciousness tools in life that can that we can utilize and use. And like see if you have a meditator, that practice is a hard. Like you know, you meditate a lot. Mm. It's a practice where you could be sitting and you could still be slipping out that state, slipping out, slipping out. For sure. But music seems to me. I feel this in my life. Music seems to be like. Uh, a sort of a, a door, a quicker doorway to get you to them deeper states, in more in line with them deep meditate uh, people who are in them who are more, what's the word who, who can get in them deeper states of meditation. Much better. I, I would completely agree with you. I don't meditate. I can't meditate yeah. without sound. Oh, wow. um, and I also I think we need to unpick what meditation is because yeah. I think there's a lot of um, a lot of misunderstanding about this. What is the point of meditation? Yeah. Um, one of the points, one of the, the 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 advantages of the meditative state is this slowing down of the brain wave, so that we can um, allow other bodily functions, like the immune system, for example, which which operates far better, functions far better when we are in a meditative state. Mm. So that's a really important function of meditation. Sometimes things can happen in the meditative state that you're not expecting. I don't know if this has ever happened to you. And if you and people who are not practiced meditators can have adverse experiences mm. because one of the wonderful things that happens in meditation is we get a um, a sense of connection with the whole universe or the divine or whatever it might be in your own terminology in your own mm. language, and an intense feeling of joy and connection and well-being and peace. 
so much so that it's almost frightening. Now, if somebody's not prepared for that, that can be quite a stark um, thing to happen. Yeah, and it needs so. to be contextualised because otherwise, um, you know, they might have difficulty coming back from that. Mm. I think it's when you, yeah, you hit the nail on the head there, by the way. And I think when um, we do go into these deep meditative states, especially um, a seasoned meditator, and they do find the, like the oneness, and you, you mentioned um, how they could find like kind of like the identity of the mm. whole universe. It's because at that moment they realise they are the mm. entirety of the universe. Mm. Yeah, like that. Mm. You know, when you were saying before, by the way, because I want to try and jump on this, I'll try and formulate this, but you were talking about how um, you said when you are in a certain state, um, I think you used the beta state of mind. The theta, the theta is yeah, the meditative. Yeah, yeah. Med- that theta state yeah. of mind. I get these terms wrong sometimes. I try, I'm trying. <laughs> but anyway... Um, it's interesting because when you said that, you you said you, you're more open up to to healing aspects. Oh, for sure. Are yeah. you familiar with the work of um, Dr. Joe Dispenza? Because he's his work is all about that. He wrote a book called "You Are the Placebo," and he's all about getting people in these deeper states of mind um, through meditation, and it's the aspects of healing. And he's and I mean this has been scientifically proven now that he's proven every single known disease to man and woman on the planet through oh, the, wow. through getting people yeah. in this meditative state mm-hmm. by changing the brain waves yeah. and healing the bodies and people yeah. and there's been fa- fabulous encounters of For people sure. changing the- I mean and this is what I was referring to when I mentioned earlier but I do think working with sound it is the mental level that is the most effective level for change and it's because we can slip into this theta state where we can sometimes things come floating up from the subconscious and we get a real change of perspective. Mm-hmm. We can emerge from um, a sound therapy session and think, actually, I don't have that problem anymore. Yeah. Or, oh yes, I know what I need to do now. We get those light bulb moments and they happen because the brain has been slowed down. I mean, the, bre- the brain operates to, to protect us and it does a very good job yeah. of that. But yeah. sometimes we need to say to it, look, just slow down yeah. <laughs> take a back seat and let the body heal itself yeah so and mm. it's so hard to do that as well because the monkey mind's just going boom mm. boom 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 yeah. <laughs> but do you do you find as well do you use music for that in your like in your own practice i know you said you use it with other people but in your own practice do you use it to ask to ask deeper questions with it within yourself yeah i mean i'm really fortunate because i'm working with sound such a lot yeah Mm. that uh, it's it's got to be the best job in the world because I'm treating someone, I'm getting the same vibrations. Yeah. So um, I, I very rarely need to do anything for me. That's not because I don't need anything. It's just that I think there's not a day goes by when I don't use sound in some shape or form. Yeah. And it's the regular use of that sound, which I think is immensely healing. Um, I mean, there are times when I'm not maybe working quite so much, and in which case I do, yeah, I will definitely do something for myself. Usually I reach for the drum. I really like working for the drum. But I'm very fortunate because I'm a singer and a singing teacher, so my primary instrument is my voice. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's really easy. I just sing yeah. or chant. Do you yeah. think there's any difference between um, the beat of a drum to the beat of your own voice, like the, the arms from the voice are compared to the drum? Is there like, any difference between using the musical instrument compared to your own voice? Well, the voice is the, is the primary instrument, isn't it? Mm. Everyone has a voice, so this has to be the first instrument, and the drum was the second instrument, so there's a, there's a very close connection between the voice and the drum. Personally, I like the two together. You were talking about the arm. Yeah. Should we do some oms with the drum? I'll show yeah, you what I mean. Let's do it, yeah. It is such a beautiful connection though, do you know, when, when you do something like that, I mean, we've experienced it before, we've had a, a whole room of people and you're going to definitely experience this when collective voices come together and everyone's, I've said this, I've said this before on the podcast, but even if you, even if you think you can't um, you really can because Absolutely. when all the ums come together, it's the all just, 
the difference the differenceness in everyone's different voices actually make the OM even better definitely mm. okay what happens on February the 14th well, yeah, that happens. I've become skinned. There's something much more important. I was trying to think what happens. What happens no, then. it is World Sound Healing Day. Oh, wow. World Sound Healing Day. Now, on, on February the 14th at 12 o'clock, wherever you are, you need to go, ah, because oh, wow. the R vowel is associated with the heart. So we tone the R vowel for five minutes, everyone across the world. Because this started in America with Jonathan Goldman. But if we all do it, wherever we are in the world, at oh. 12 noon, it's a, it's a constant wave of the R vowel. This is a, a, a wave of love. That's, that's, that's why it happens on February the yeah. 14th. And you know that um, good will always overcome evil. So the more people that involve themselves in toning the R vowel on February the 14th, that powerful wave of love will overcome Oh. All, all darkness and this is a growing phenomenon so this is in direct response to what you just said yeah. about we've got three people well what if you had 3,000 million people yeah. doing mm. it at the same time I've been doing um, I've been using the um as well and um, I've told you this before um, on the on the see I'm at work on the drive back works so when I go to work it's about 15 minutes drive back from work and um I'll use the. I'll have a practice where every morning when I drive to work and every time when I go back from work, I'll do. I'll do it. I like. I'll be. Do, I'll go, and I'll just go home, and I'll just keep playing with me vo- vocal senses all the time. Uh-huh. But I think that's a even even just. You, I know you said that it's a certain day, but I think it just. I don't think it has to be a certain day. I think oh, we no. can you incorporate it in in, um, in our day to day life all the oh, time. And, sure. and the power of it is so incredible. Absolutely. Just to, I mean, I know the thing. What I've dealt with is I'm definitely not having any road rage. Yeah. <laughs> when, I'm, yeah. when you do the um, there's no way you can't no. do that. You can't but be angry at anyone. Also, what you're doing is using your voice, and this is an important thing. People do not use their voices yeah. enough. They really, you know, when, when you're using your voice, you are putting something of yourself out in the world. Yeah. And the people don't use their voices because they're hung up about the sound that they yeah, make. The and they it, think, yeah. oh, I can't I can't sing or I can't make a sound. And this is, is because of all of these dreadful, you know, um, competitions on TV yeah. to, to be the best singer yeah, and all ju- this sort of the thing. The judges judging the judges. The judges, where you know, people watching, judging the judges. Yes. The judges judging them on stage. It's, not, it's got nothing to do with how good quality your voice is yeah. it's about using it whatever the sound is and the more you use it in actual fact the better it'll get anyway mm. so as you say you use your voice and that in itself is an incredibly powerful healing thing for you to do for you yeah even as well another one I've been using is dancing I, mm. I mean there's this there's a stigma around where people when I when I if I go to certain environments and I can see that people want to dance but they have this fear where they don't want to dance and that's a, even that's another powerful tool of of you expressing your true human because i think all these aspects of sound and dance and movement that's to our core that's who we truly are and that's mm-hmm. what we're people uh people i know deep down people want to do it because i can remember my old stage my old uh conditioning that i was i was wanting to do it but i couldn't get over that hurdle mm-hmm. but then once you do it and uh, do it again do it again you don't care about anything because you know how good it feels and I think if anyone, everyone can get into that that stage of just not caring and just doing it mm. it's you, removing you the competition yeah. isn't it it's yeah. removing the sense of failure and uh, if yeah. we can get over that mm. over the fact that you're not being judged for it that's really important it's because we live in a society where we're judged yeah. and encouraged to judge actually yeah definitely built um, on judgement this uh, yeah. society built on judgement for sure when, yeah. you, when, you, when we were talking before about the, uh, the, the universal um as well I mean, this is a question I would love to ask you is, um, and I've questioned this as well. I mean, I don't know if there's an answer to this, but it's it's, it's a good talking point anyway. Um, so like Buddhist, Buddhist monks and monks, different styles of monks are all over the world, all were prevalent in using the, the tool of the um. Mm. I mean, even if you just go on, you, I mean, there's, even if you just go on YouTube and you type in Buddhist monks or the um and you put that on, you sit in a room, you can feel there's something prevalent in their voice and it's something that's radiating deep within, deep within inside you. Have you ever questioned why they were actually were tuned into that and they understood the importance of that? Well, partly it's because um, when we do the om, if you do it properly and if you do it at a particular pitch, you're going to generate, generate an overtone. 
Now, we did it a little bit. There was a bit of overtone yeah. coming, but um, I could do a little bit more for you. Now, an overtone is a fantastically, um, well, it's a strange sound. Do you, have, you, have you heard overtoning before? No. I may have, but I still okay. don't understand well, well, the Well, an terms. overtone is like, um, you, if you imagine sound is like light. Now, we understand light when we see a rainbow. Those are the current colours of light separated out. Sound operates the same way. When you hear a sound, ah, we just hear that one sound, but it's actually made up of a cluster of harmonics. All, you still hear that all, all, as well. Yeah, all, <laughs> all squashed together. When you overtone, you can actually pick out one of those overtones, so you can generate more than one sound at a time. If I can find the right note, I'll show you what I mean. Like this. I don't know if you're actually hearing any of the overtones there. There was the, mm, there was that note, but there, there was some higher kind of whistling yeah, yeah, sounds going on as well. I was trying to pinpoint it there, the yeah. moments where you were really... So when you do the OM, because of the shape of the mouth and the very prolonged M sound, we get a nasal quality which sets up an overtone. So we get this deep, rich resonance going on, and it's because we're picking out the overtones. That's that's a very powerful sound, indeed. And the thing about om, I mean, what does om mean? It means everything and nothing, yeah. doesn't it? Um, so it's like we we encapsulate the whole world, the whole universe, in that one word, and you do it with your voice. Yeah. So as you were saying, uh, someone of you were saying about being connected to the universe, we connect ourselves to the universe through the OM. Yeah, definitely. In that way. Do you feel sometimes that, I mean, I feel this sometimes when I even do the OM or when it, sometimes I, ask, I like singing as well. And um, when, I, when I sometimes tune into that, I sometimes feel that, like sometimes I'll just do, I'll just be driving in my car, whatever it is, I'll be sitting in the house and I'll just do the OM or I'll, I'll start singing a tune. And sometimes I don't know, I, I, I try to question where's that really coming from because sometimes I'll just do it for, it's, it's there's not, not really any deep thing behind it. It just feels like it's coming through us. I mean, do you feel sometimes when you do your sound that it's, it's not, it's actually, it's not coming from you, but it's coming, it's like coming through you. You're a channel. Yeah, you're a channel, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Well, yes, a lot. I mean, one of the key skills that a sound therapist has to learn is how to work intuitively. Yeah. So we respond to the needs of the client that arrives in the room for the treatment. And um, I use my voice a lot intuitively. Mm. Um, and it's just allowing yourself to be used for that purpose. Yeah. Um, so again, it comes back to what we were saying earlier. This is not a performance. This is a voice. We all have a voice. And it's just allowing that voice to be a, uh, a healing medium, being a channel of energy to bring balance for that person. Yeah. And a question I want to ask you as well, um, it was in the terms of, I mean, I've questioned this and I would love to see your thoughts. I don't know if you've looked into the, 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 the essence of sound in the effects of, um, in shamanic ceremonies and things like that. Are you familiar with like shamanic? Shamanic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm very um, interested in how, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, people who say that it's actually not the medicine that does the work. It's actually, the, it's more the sound. I mean, have you ever like done any research into that area of, of why it could be the sound that's actually doing the work instead of, well, the, again, the, the, the I, I think, the, the, yeah, the drum is the predominant instrument that we would use in a shamanic setting. And I think it is, um, without doubt, it's the shamanic beat, yeah. um, the, the regularity of the beat, which will bring about entrainment, which allows for an altered state of consciousness. Yeah. Um, one of the, 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 the downsides of shamanic work is that obviously it has an association with drugs, yeah. which, of course, we would not want to go down that road. It's perfectly possible to induce an altered state of consciousness with a drum without any form yeah, of drugs whatsoever. But it has this slightly unfortunate association, which I think I would like to separate those two things oh, wow. out. So healing happens in an altered state of consciousness. And, um, you know, what is a shaman? The shaman in an ancient society was your GP. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, that, it was the shamans that, that did the healing. Um, so there are, there are modern shamans. We're all shamans, really, up to a point. We all have that healing potential within us. It's just a question of how you, how you do it. But yes, I use my drum in a shamanic way. Yeah, yeah it's interesting because sure. I, um, I had an experience, I spoke about this a while on the podcast, where I was... Um, 
I was exposing myself to. Have you heard like the, the, the it's called the ichorosis? Have you not heard? That's what that's what they call the uh, the the sounds that they they use when they have the shamanic ceremonies. It's like a okay. like okay. the vocal sounds, yeah, like that, yeah. 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 And obviously they go do the things where they go. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was just I was exposing myself to them over probably um, two days solid, just constant listen. I was meditating, doing yoga to them, and I actually had a, um, a physical purge. So with an ayahuasca ceremony, people when they ingest the the medicine yes. ayahuasca, people actually have a purge. And I actually had a purge without the ayahuasca just because I was... Yeah. So that's why I asked you that question for, because it's it's really okay. interesting how it's that yeah. steered. Ayahuasca is a particular case. There is a lot of research yeah. around um, that at the moment. Um, and it's interesting. Um, my contention is that you don't need... You don't need the drugs. Yeah. Have you? Oh, sorry, do you remember, have you? When you have you had any instances when you have when you when you're t- um, doing your sound healing and things like that? Have you ever had um, any instances where sort of people have had not let's say like a, a purge like I did? I mean, I was actually I was sick. I was actually yeah. sick. And oh I no, purged. no, that's quite common. But have you had people who definitely bring up uh, deep seated emotions and things definitely. like that? Definitely. Oh, it happens all the time. Yeah. And that's why we do what we do because that's what we're mm, trying to yeah. do. For for most people, they're stuck or they're unwell because they're holding on to something. Yeah. most of the time and so they have to release something release can't happen without release can it yeah, yeah, so they might cry or they might feel sick or they might have a headache or they might need to go to the loo <laughs> <laughs> and these are all signs of release yeah. letting go of something uh, particularly things that have been stored for an awfully long time. I was part yeah. of that. It really was. So, something else as well. We'll bring we'll bring it around soon as well because um, I think it's a nice little spot. But the last question I want to ask you is: is um, I, when I was doing a bit of research on you, I real I seen somewhere that you um, you were doing some, you were using sound in def- in people who were dying. Oh yes, and I thought that was very fascinating. Yes. I would love to. I mean, there wasn't much information about it. Could you actually just go on? Because I was fascinated by that aspect. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, you know, death is something that's certain, isn't it? And yeah. a lot of people don't want to talk about it, but unfortunately, it is something that's going to happen to everybody. And um, I work from time to time um, with people who are in the last stages of life. I work anyway at a hospice, yeah. but those are people who are, although they may be terminally ill, they're not literally dying mm. in that moment. I think what you're referring to is something that we call the death vigil. And this is where I sit with someone who is literally in the last minutes of life. And I'll use the voice and the lyre, which I don't have to hand. It's over there, but I could have shown you. And I will play and sing completely intuitively. Do you want to get it? it? It's in that. um, I haven't tuned it because I didn't know you were going to ask me about the lyre. It's in that blue um, there. It's in there. Um, it's you'll, you'll need to unzip it and so the, the important thing is when we're doing the death for just a bit can you still hear that going there I, I knocked it by an accident that was still ball. going <laughs> we make sounds that the person doesn't recognise and again it's not a performance I'm not playing their favourite songs for them or anything like that because without wanting to be flippant about it what I'm helping that person to do is to take that final step in safety accompanied by the sound because it's thought that the hearing in any case is the last sense to to go so when they may not be able to see they perhaps can't speak they may still be able to hear so this is a great privilege so i will use my voice and the lyre the lyre has a particular reputation for being one of the most gentle instruments now it's not being tuned so must be. I'll just be before you see it do that as well. It must be such a rewarding. Um, no, it needs tuning. Must be so. such a rewarding thing there. What you just said there to be able to, on the, to be have that last form of contact with someone who's going to leave this planet and Definitely be able to it. sort of connect in a way that so, sort of in such a nice way. I think that's really yeah. beautiful. So I would just sit and uh, I've got to just find the few strings that are still in tune just to demonstrate it. But just using the voice as well.
actually found a bit of acceptance there. Yeah, I did as well. When you were doing that, yeah, I was actually, I was, I felt myself like sort of welling up a bit because I was, I was actually trying to imagine someone on their sort of on their last breath, trying yeah, likewise, like, yeah, I was as well. the Does transition. Uh, yeah, coming to coming together with the music. Mm-hmm. It's a really cool. good example Beautiful. because it's the it's the timbre of the sound. It's not the notes. It's not the words. I wasn't singing any words. It's not a melody that anybody would recognise. It is the pure sound and how it affects us. Um, and the idea is that we want to make somebody feel safe, safe to take that final step. It's almost as though the, the the sound is taking them by the hand and saying, "It's okay. We're going to go there together." Yeah, beautiful, that, isn't it? That was because yeah. it takes great courage, I would think, to do that. So, that's yeah, so yeah, definitely. I think that's maybe a nice little, a beautiful part to to wrap that up. Anyway, yeah. Jen, thank you, thank you so much. And do you want it? Do you want, should we? Should we? Uh, should we end, play the, end the podcast on something amazing? Oh yeah, well, whatever what, you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> we wanted to do a chant, didn't oh, we? Do yeah. we want to do a chant? Yeah, we'll do a chant. Um, Okay, shall I teach you one? What about balance? Are we all, all like in need that. of a bit of balance? It's a really easy one because you do the om. So this is om hum. Om hum. So hum. So hum. So if I just if I just start and you can join in when you feel ready, is that okay? Yeah. So like this. Perfect. Om hum. So hum. So beautiful. Thank you so much. What a great way to end the podcast as well. Thank you. (laughs) Great. Beautiful. Wow. What a great conversation that was. Me and Chris really loved our time with Jane. She really was an interesting person. And we loved how this podcast also had the added element of sound as well. The chanting and the different sounds that Jane was performing. Such a beautiful podcast. I hope you loved it as well. And Jane also has just released some new sound healing tracks as well. And I've put the links to them in the show notes. They're honestly really cool. So if you want to check them out, go to the Ascend podcast page. So anyway, I hope you loved that episode. We really did. And if you want to support the podcast as well, you can do that for our Patreon page. And Patreon really is a great way for you to crowdfund this podcast. And in return, you also get access to bonus things that don't quite make it on the normal podcast feed. And if you feel that these podcasts do add value in your life, please just consider supporting the podcast. It would be really cool. And as you know, we've never bombarded you with stupid advertisements and products that don't serve you. And we never will. So the best way if you want to support us is through our Patreon page. So anyway, we appreciate you all. And we really are trying our best to keep improving ourselves, keep improving the podcast. So anyway, we love you all. Peace and love.